Good morning, everyone, and thank you to Dr. Nanji and Canadian Surgery Solutions for hosting us today. I'm here to share some good news for Calgarians and area residents who are on surgery wait lists. Help is on the way, and in fact, it's right here. I'm pleased to announce that Canadian Surgery Solutions will provide 3,000 orthopedic surgeries per year under a contract to AHS at two locations here in the city of Calgary. Those surgeries are in addition to surgeries done in hospitals. This contract will increase total orthopedic surgeries in Calgary by 21%. At the same time, we're adding operating rooms and hospitals with $133 million in budget 2022. Here in Calgary, we're adding 11 new operating rooms at Foothill Hospital to be open in 2025. And we're expanding and building new ORs in Edmonton, Edson, Grand Prairie, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, and Rocky Mountain House. We need to get wait times down, and that means we need to fund more surgeries. And we need to do, and what we need to do is use all the tools at our disposal to make this happen. We need to add ORs and hospitals and contracts, chartered surgical facilities, to add this capacity. We need to look for unused capacity, especially in smaller communities, and use it if we possibly can. We're moving forward through the Alberta Surgical Initiative. The first priority we addressed was cataract surgery, and we've seen real improvements to date. We contracted more surgeries, and we cut the wait time almost in half to 10 weeks last year from 19 weeks in 2020-2021. That's the shortest wait time since 2014-2015. We still need to get it down lower, so we'll keep contracting more surgeries, but we've shown the way forward. Patients waiting for cataract surgery were the single largest group on our overall wait list. The biggest group now is orthopedics. The wait times are far too long and we have to get them down. We've tasked Dr. Cowell, the AHS official administrator, to accelerate the work underway to do more surgeries in hospitals and in chartered surgical facilities just like this one. It's not one or the other. Contracted facilities and hospitals are managed in common through our publicly funded healthcare system. Contracted services are publicly funded services, just like in hospitals. Patients are assessed and waitlisted in common, and they get care from the same surgeons according to the same clinical standards. When we fund more services, either in hospitals or in CSFs, the publicly funded system grows. Hospitals and CSFs don't steal staff or physicians from each other. They're part of the same system and they grow together. Now this contract means thousands more patients will get their joint replacement sooner. Right now there are about 6,000 people waiting for orthopedic surgeries in Calgary alone and they're waiting too long. About half the patients waiting for a new hip are waiting too long and two-thirds of patients waiting for a knee. We're making progress in surgery but quite frankly we have to do more. AHS has restored surgery volume to about the same level as in 2018-19 in recent months. And the total surgery wait list has trended down slowly over the past year from more than 81,000 in the fall of 2021 to in between 68 to 70,000 most recently, uh, dropped below uh, or dropped in around 68,000 uh, and now it's sitting, uh, this is prior to Christmas and now it's sitting about uh, 70,000. Now it's fluctuated with the holiday season um, uh, in December about the same as in early 2020 before COVID which was the 68,000. Now that's real progress and our surgeons and staff deserve credit for it, but we have to do more. And that means first and foremost, we have to fund more surgeries. We campaigned in 2019 on a commitment that every Albertan who needs scheduled surgery would get it within a clinically appropriate time. It's an ambitious commitment, but we stand by it and we're working to deliver on it. The pandemic has stretched out the timeline, but we're still working towards reaching the goal next year, just one year later than our original plan. It's been a tough three years, and this winter is straining our health system all over again. COVID is still impacting the system, and we've been challenged by an early and severe wave of flu and RSV on top of that, with all the other health impacts that those viruses bring. But for now, at least, we're seeing all three of those viruses trending down, and that's bringing some relief to the hospitals. I was very glad to hear recently that the pressure on Albertans Children's Hospital has eased so that the AHS was able to reopen services at the Flames Rotary House. I hope the worst of the winter is behind us, but the system is still under real strain. We need to keep adding resources to the system regardless, and we're doing that. 
We announced recently that more ambulances and paramedics are coming to Calgary, and we're continuing to add continuing care beds, home care, and other services funded in Budget 2022. And we're looking at where more resources are needed. On top of the $600 million increase that's already budgeted for the 23-24 fiscal year that starts April 1st. Adding capacity to the health system means adding skilled people. And we'll be announcing more measures soon to support expanding our healthcare workforce. We'll also keep working with the AMA to move forward based on our new agreement. And we'll continue to engage with family doctors and others to renew primary care. I was pleased to see that we had a net gain of more than 250 physicians in the province in 2022. We have a lot more work to do, but I think we're turning a corner. Alberta is historically the best place in Canada to practice medicine, and we're working hard with the AMA and others to keep it that way. It's been a top three years for everyone working in our health system and for Albertans, but we are moving forward. We promised Albertans a stronger publicly funded health system with better access to care. We stand by that promise, and we're working on it every day to deliver on it. And this announcement today is a key step forward, and we'll keep working with our physicians and staff and with partners like Canadian Surgery Solutions to make sure Albertans get the care they need when they need it. So thank you again for coming out this morning. And now I'll turn it over to Dr. Cowell to say a few words on behalf of AHS. Um, thanks very much, Premier. And it is a, a real pleasure to be here and I appreciate the opportunity to say a few words. I'd like to start off by saying uh, and congratulating the teams at Alberta Health Services, Surgical, uh, Canadian Surgical Solutions and Alberta Health for reaching this important milestone in Alberta today. Uh, this new contract and arrangement will play an important role for Albertans accessing publicly funded services like surgical services for long-awaited surgeries like hips, knees and shoulders. They're going to be able to enter the system much more efficiently and effectively now through the publicly funded system with this new facility that's coming online. And it's our belief and hope that we will very quickly have a seamless relationship between the surgeries that are performing within Alberta Health Services' own facilities and this type of facility out in the community. We've carefully understood, you know, which ones would occur here versus which ones should stay within the hospital system. And we've come to a very solid understanding through the accrediting process, the privileging process to ensure that surgeries which are performed in CSF, the chartered surgical facilities, uh, will meet all of the necessary standards that would have been uh, and are applied in Alberta Health Services' own uh, surgical facilities. And yeah, I'm pleased to be here for another reason. As you know, I've met many of you before in, in some of these um, releases. I've been appointed as the official administrator with four key uh, priorities. Already announced a few and spoken about improvements in our EMS response times. And we're working very hard on our emergency department wait times. And now the one that we're here to discuss today, reducing wait times for surgeries. So with increased capacity such as this and more to come, we're going to be able to make a measurable impact on those waiting for surgeries, measurable impact on those waiting outside of our clinical guidelines, bringing them back in and getting them done at home. And um, we're going to be able to monitor very carefully, you know, the impact on health and care and safety in that whole process. I, I personally find this very exciting because we've had, we found a way to increase capacity without having to <clears throat> necessarily build more hospital space, but we're working on that in terms of improving available hospital space. It's very exciting, actually, as a citizen looking in you know, watching the flow improve now. And we have high expectations. The key is a seamless relationship between Alberta Health Services booking and deployment of our surgeons and our anesthetists so that there's a perfect balance between this new resource and what occurs within Alberta Health Services' own surgical facilities. 
Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I can't just say enough about enhancing capacity for publicly funded surgeries. It's just going to be actually quite amazing. And, it, and I never forget that this is all about enhancing quality and better patient outcomes. That's what it's all about. So again, I'd like to congratulate all of those who struggled so hard to get this concept up and moving. And now our challenge is make sure it works well now that it is here and in place. So now at this point, I'd like to invite Dr. Mohamed Nanji, who is the medical director of the Rocky View Surgical Site uh, as part of the Canadian Surgical Solutions, to say a few words about how that's going to work. Dr. Nanji. Minister Cobbing, Dr. Sid Weiner, Dr. Worley, uh, members of the CSS staff, members of the press, good morning, still, uh, still morning. Thank you for joining us today for this important announcement. As a result of this announcement, our surgical facilities will significantly increase Alberta Healthcare's orthopedic surgery capacity in a sustainable way, as uh, Minister Copping highlighted. Surgery will be performed in our state-of-the-art facilities, equipped with the latest technology. They will adhere to the strict regulations as the hospitals and are inspected and fully accredited by the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta. What does this announcement mean? <clears throat> For Albertans, surgery will be performed by the same surgeons, care will be of the same high standards offered at the hospitals, and importantly, the wait times for surgery will be shortened. The continuance of care provided from pre-surgery through to, through to post-surgery is just like in the hospital system. What do we bring? We have been integrated with the public system for more than 30 years as a trusted provider of publicly funded surgeries. We have worked in partnership with the Alberta government, Alberta Health Services, and its predecessors, the Calgary Regional Health Authority and the Calgary Health Region. <clears throat> Important is our dedication to putting patients first and at ease, and making the process as smooth as possible so they can focus on recovery and getting back to their normal life. Like all Canadians, we hold our healthcare system near and dear and to the envy of many in the highest regard. We hope our continued participation in the Alberta's surgical care will contribute to the long-term health benefits to Albertans. Thank you to Minister Copping, Ministry of Health, Alberta Health Services, and the people of Alberta for the opportunity to provide more timely access <clears throat> and high-quality care to Albertans. We look forward to serving Albertans. Thank you. I'll invite Dr. Worley to say a few words. Thank you, uh, Minister Copping, Dr. Cowell, uh, Dr. Viner, Dr. Nanji, for this opportunity to speak today. I'm an orthopedic surgeon and the section chief of orthopedic surgery for the Calgary Zone within Alberta Health Services. As part of uh, my surgical activity within Alberta Health Services, I perform publicly funded orthopedic procedures, including hip and knee replacements at the Rocky View General Hospital, as well as at this chartered surgical facility. Patients and their families are at the center of everything we do at AHS. Patient safety, experience, and outcomes are always our top priority. So regardless of whether an Albertan receives their surgery within a chartered surgical facility, or at an AHS hospital, the standard of care is measured the same way. The CSFs are regulated by the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta. So when I'm providing publicly funded surgical care at this facility on behalf of AHS, the care team and I are following all of the same policies and procedures. As a result, the care is safe and efficient. Many patients who have received surgery within a chartered surgical facility such as this have had a positive experience with the care provided. I think that is due to the attention to the patient experience. We know that a focused team in a dedicated facility uh, can lead to excellent results for patients. The pandemic negatively impacted the surgical wait lists, and it has taken considerable effort to get back on track. 
I'm proud and honored to work with our AHS and CSF surgical teams and collectively will continue to work hard to reduce wait times. I'm grateful for the opportunity to provide surgical care for patients at Canadian Surgery Solutions. It helps to free up capacity in our AHS facilities and helps Albertans get the care they need faster. Thank you. That concludes the uh, formal portion of our announcement today. Uh, we'll start the question and answer portion. Um, take questions first from the room. Uh, please, if you have off-topic questions, please save them to last. I will take one question, one follow-up. Just state your name and outlet. Uh, Michael King, Global News. Um, for Dr. Cowell, if I could please. Um, there's a lot of talk of ensuring that the level of care, whether or not it be in uh, a hospital or a charter facility, is the same. What uh, steps are there from the province's perspective to ensure that that is the case? And also, is there any uh, consumer protections in place to ensure that there's no sort of upselling in charter facilities? Oh, yeah, those are excellent questions. So there's a series of safeguards in place that um, I could speak to. One, there's going to be a very strict contract in place for the deliverables and the cost structure that uh, will be and has been negotiated between the uh, Calgary Surgical Solutions and the government and Alberta Health Services. Alberta Health Services now will be having responsibility for oversight on that contract. So the whole setup was done along with Alberta Health, but now it transfers absolutely into our our jurisdiction to be sure that, as Dr. Burley was referring to, and Dr. Uh, Nanji, that the highest standards will be met. There, that's why I wanted to use the word seamless today, because this whole relationship is going to be seamless, right from the point of booking the surgery, right through to the assignment of the surgeons and anesthetists who will be performing the surgery. And each of these sites, and this one in particular we're talking about, have already gone through the process of privileging physicians to actually work here absolutely consistently with the way we privilege surgeons to work. So we know that they are qualified and have the highest standards. So, um, and then the third part of this is College of Physicians and Surgeons have this accreditation oversight that literally means every aspect of this facility and its operations must mean, meet the standards of the College of Physicians and Surgeons. And we left it there because it really is all about physician behavior as well as facility behavior. So I can tell you unhesitatingly, myself or any of my family or anybody in this room would come here and know that you were getting exactly the same high level of care as you would at Alberta Health Services. And I also mentioned in my speech that we, you know, we've been very careful about which surgeries come here versus which ones stay. And I think it's really major and complicated stays within Alberta Health Services. Those which meet the test of being able to be handled in an off-site location generally with the most of a 24-hour to maybe a couple of days stay post-op, then they absolutely can be done here safely. So I think that's kind of my <laughs> summary of a complicated kind of relationship that ensures highest quality and safety and economically makes complete sense to the publicly funded system. Because remember, we're talking about cases that no patient pays any money to come to do. It's just as if they were in the hospital we're relieving the stress on wait times and people who are waiting uh, outside of the clinical guideline and flowing them in here where this is a readily available facility that can handle those level of complexity and severity cases. Okay. And for Mr. Copping. Uh, pressing health issue going on right now, 811 outage as well as uh, other systems within the province here. Uh, what sort of impact is that having at hospitals currently right now? And what are we looking at in terms of uh, uh, wait time to get this system up and running? So I'll start and then I'll actually ask uh, Dr. Cowell to, uh, to uh, further the response. Um, yes, we are aware that there's a uh, challenge within the system. I understand 911 is continuing to operate. 811 is actually operating right now, but not in its full capacity. It's an in, uh, initial assessment that's an internal uh, internal issue in terms of the uh, the um, uh, system within uh, within AHS, which is a positive thing, so they can actually they're working hard to fix it right now. But Dr. Cowell, can you speak further on uh, um, on the uh, on the issue and how we're addressing? 
Uh, yes, I was made aware of this virtually not long after it happened. So we've been tracking it for a couple of hours now. So up to very recently, as the minister said, 911 uh, is okay. 811 health link now is properly uh, backed up and working very hard to get that working. Um, the clinical support, Connect Care and NetCare is down. And of course, everybody knows that that's not a good thing. And it's all hands on deck to get that sorted out quickly. And I don't have an update at this moment as to exactly when that will actually be achieved, but there's no higher priority than to get that clinical support technology up and running as fast as possible. So at this moment, no, it is not operating, but I'm being reassured that it's an internal problem. They've now figured out that it's something we can get our hands on. And so that's, you know, of all the possibilities, that's probably the best. So we're working very hard from a technology input, but specific to clinical impact, which of course is the number one priority. Now, I'm going to ask Sid if he's got uh, some additional information. He's our uh, VP uh, <coughs> Corporate Clinical Services. So Sid, if you could say something. Thanks, Dr. Cowles. So as noted, it goes without saying that, uh, you know, it's all hands on deck to get the uh, clinical systems um, back up and running. Um, 811, as mentioned, uh, does have a uh, some backup capacity that's being utilized. Uh, we have downtime, what we call downtime procedures for, uh, you know, when these sort of events occur, and uh, those are um, in place. Um, they rely on uh, more use of paper since the computerized systems are down and uh, more use of the paging system which when it goes through the phone line still works and uh, you know direct communication uh, using phones between uh, physicians and staff and physicians to other physicians so that's all in place uh, operations continue um, and people are working to get everything back uh, up and running ASAP Go ahead with the next question. Uh, Sid, I was just wondering if you could uh, say and spell your first name for us so that we have it on record. Our first and last name, sorry. Yeah. Dr. Sid Viner, S-I-D, last name Viner, uh, V as in Victor, I-N as in Norman, E-R, and I'm the uh, Vice President and Medical Director for Clinical Operations, Alberta Health Services. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, I'll have one on the Connect Care and then I'll have a surgery question. Um, on the Connect Care, uh, 911 isn't down, but we have heard that there are some dispatch problems, you know, calls being routed incorrectly, kind of between EMS and fire and police. Uh, do we have any information on this? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think what happens when the uh, computerized systems go down, which is uh, what we're experiencing right now, is, uh, you know, a much heavier reliance on basically the telephone and, uh, you know, other uh, forms of communication uh, which are uh, less efficient and, uh, you know, a bit more time-consuming. So, uh, you know, when this sort of thing occurs, uh, you know, we have to really focus on prioritization, just make sure that we're getting to, uh, you know, what's most emergent or urgent uh, first and, you uh, um, you know, that's what we're, uh, you know, really focused on right now, working on right now. But definitely, uh, um, you know, things are uh, clunkier, if you will, and uh, less efficient than uh, they would be otherwise. On surgeries, wondering if there's uh, any specifics on what the wait time currently is for those orthopedic surgeries in the Calgary zone, as well as uh, what the total surgical wait list is for Alberta. I know that the uh, goal was to take that below 68,000 by the end of 2022. Did we hit that? So I'll, I'll start off in terms of the, the broader question, then I'll ask Dr. Willie to comment on the uh, specifics in regards to the, uh, the wait list here in Calgary. Uh, so uh, we are working very hard to get, our, uh, get the number down um, to 68,000 and below. Uh, that remains our uh, our target, and uh, you know, and 
initiatives and facilities such as this will actually, quite frankly, help us get there, especially, you know, they're doing the work right now. And, and, and orthopedic surgeries is the, uh, the category with the highest number on the, on the wait list. We were very successful uh, in regards to ophthalmology and, and cataract surgeries using CSS to drive that down. So very optimistic this will actually get, get uh, our targets. But I just, I just want to hear 68,000 is still too, way too high. Right, it's getting uh, so that's why you know we're not going to get there by um, get everything within its recommended wait times by uh, by this uh, this spring. Um, but we are still targeting to drive drive that within another uh, you, know, you know 12 to 18 months from now to actually get those numbers down, and we're going to keep driving. Uh, Dr. Worley, do you have the um, do you have the numbers in regards to the uh, the total amounts for the uh, for the Calgary on the wait list for orthopedics? Thank you. Yes. So the uh, the wait list for all surgery in the province, as the minister has indicated, is about 68 to 70 thousand. For orthopedics uh, within the Calgary zone, there's about 6 thousand patients on the waiting list. Uh, more than half of those would be waiting for a hip or a knee uh, arthroplasty. Uh, our average volume prior to the pandemic was in the 3,000 to 3,200 arthroplasty cases uh, in the Calgary zone per year. And so uh, generally, if you extrapolate that, it's more than a year's wait for the hip and knee uh, replacement. And the national benchmark is to have that surgery within uh, 26 weeks or six months. Thanks. Hi, I'm Nicole with uh, CTV Calgary. Uh, my question is for Minister Jason Copping and anyone else who might want to weigh in. So, yeah, of course, today's announcement is about orthopedic surgeries, but we know many other surgeries are impacted by long wait times right now. Um, one that I'm hearing about is actually uh, tonsillectomy surgery. I know one person I spoke to was saying they were told they'd have to wait a year to two years to get it, and they're from Calgary. Um, not sure if that's a common thing you're hearing, but I guess my question is, how are you guys addressing uh, wait times for things like that? I mean, especially considering it is a pretty common surgery. Yeah. So I'll, I'll provide a general answer, and then maybe Dr. Cowell, if you want to... Uh, add to that. Um, the one thing about leveraging charter surgical facilities like this one uh, is it allows us to take sur surgeries out of the hospital so more surgeries can be done in the hospitals, right? Uh, provide capacity for, uh, for surgeries like tonsillectomies and, and, and other surgeries. In addition, you know, when we take a look at our, our top three categories, um, it is, um, you know, orthopedics, uh, ophthalmology. We talked about, and then what we call general surgeries, often gastrointestinal, uh, those those types of those types of things. Um, so we uh, that is next on the list. Like this, we're not stopping at uh, at orthopedics. In fact, uh, we have RFPs out in the central and south zones that combine all three because you need a certain level of volumes to be able to do this, which again would provide more capacity within our uh, our hospitals to do that. Plus, we are investing in our hospitals as well. Uh, particularly in in, uh, in rural areas, and uh, and as we said, you know, mentioned earlier remarks here in Calgary, uh, expanding uh, the the OR. So this is, you know, there sadly there is no silver bullet. You know, you look at other uh, provinces across the uh, the country. Uh, many of them are actually worse shape than we are in terms of getting caught up. Um, we've started down this this uh, this process in terms of expanding our capacity uh, three years ago. It takes time to build that capacity, but it's coming online, which is very positive, uh, and we are going to get there. Uh, Dr. Cowell, do you want to speak further? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Minister. Uh, that's a great question because, of course, this is all about in <laughs> increasing capacity in the face of wait wait times that are just simply too long. And actually, there's well over 80 chartered surgical facilities, all <laughs> covering various areas, including ear, nose, and throat, which is tonsillectomy. But as, and the happy news is we have Dr. Viner here, who actually has very specific information, and I think he'll answer the question quite precisely for you. Yeah, really. Uh... Really important question, and and the goal through the Alberta Surgical Initiative is to bring down wait times for everybody who's waiting for every type of surgery into what we're uh, um, calling a uh, clinically uh, um, appropriate timeline, or uh, you know the target timeline uh, varies depending on the type of surgery. So. You know, for many cancer surgeries, they have to be done more quickly than, uh, you know, surgeries uh, where, uh, you know, the time frame may impact people's uh, quality of life, but not their uh, length of life. Uh, so all the different types of surgery have different types of targeted wait times. 
Um, it's a comprehensive approach we're taking, so uh, it begins with ensuring that the wait lists are um, um, accurate, um, updated regularly. Uh, sometimes patients are booked with more than one surgeon. Sometimes patients no longer need surgery. Um, we're putting uh, a system in place where um, subspecialty by subspecialty uh, we'll have central intake, which means all the referrals will come to one point, and that allows us, A, to have very accurate data, and B, to give patients and uh, um, the referring physicians the opportunity to choose surgeons with the shortest wait times, and, uh, you know, we're tracking those wait times uh, uh, quite closely for the different surgeons, um, so kind of load leveling across uh, surgeons and facilities, if you will. Um, we're really looking at expanding capacity, so today's announcement is uh, very much about uh, expanding our overall surgical capacity, and as was mentioned, uh, you know, that expansion isn't limited to uh, um, cataracts or orthopedic procedures. It includes um, all types of different surgeries that can be done uh, uh, safely and efficiently uh, without needing uh, an acute care hospital stay. And uh, then we're looking at uh, really driving um, efficiency and how we utilize all our ORs uh, so we can make sure we're doing as much surgery as we can uh, given the resources available, including staffing, which is a bit of a constraint right now. And then finally, uh, really looking at utilizing our uh, rural operating rooms to uh, maximum capacity and uh, um, Again, it's, it's all about looking at resources available and uh, how we uh, best apply those to bring wait times down for everybody. Thank you. Okay. Um, and as a follow-up, this is, uh, again, for the health minister or anyone else who wants to weigh in. Uh, so my question is uh, if you have a response to critiques that this is, today's announcement is another uh, move towards privatizing health care in the province. I just want to be really, really clear with Albertans and everyone. This is public health care, right? This is no different than you going to see your family doctor, um, and that's paid through our, our, our health care system, and, and, and it is a private corporation. This is, you know, contracting uh, additional uh, resources to build our system. And, and we've, you know, as I mentioned on the op uh, in regards to ophthalmology, we've already had success. Right, getting the wait times down, building more capacity, and because that's all that all that they do, they get very, very efficient at it. So, because of that efficiency, you know, we look at the ophthalmology contracts, for example, uh, roughly 20% uh, uh, savings per uh, for surgery. So, we can actually reinvest to do more surgeries associated with that. And because they're very efficient, like and, and as Dr. Biner indicated, you know, we have challenges in our province, just like every other province across the country with uh, health human resources. So even though we are continuing to work to expand the amount of people in the system and, and during hiring, and it's great that we have, you know, um, CPSA, uh, uh, an additional 2,800, or sorry, 250 more doctors coming into uh, to Alberta uh, Q4 last year versus Q4 the year after that, we're expanding it. Um, we still have challenges. So to use those more efficiently, and when that's all you do, like cataract surgery one after another, we can use the limited resources to do more surgeries more efficiently. So, so quite frankly, this is public health care. We are investing it. We know that you know, the, um, we need to increase our capacity because people are waiting too long, far too long. And we knew that even prior, you know, four years ago, um, we're making progress, but we need to move faster. And so, and again, uh, publicly uh, funded, uh, publicly administered. You know, AHS is continuing to move the docs around in terms of being able to to, to assign the, the uh, assign the patients. This is public health care. Yeah. Um, just more on that. I just wanted to clarify. Um, so, when you are doing surgeries in this facility, are you saying then they're less expensive per person? Like, is it? Is it cheaper, or what's the cost difference between coming here for a publicly funded surgery versus in the hospital? Yeah, so, so we're still finalizing the exact number. We know from the ophthalmology, because that's been in play for, for, for a while, that it's roughly 20% uh, cheaper to go to, you know, to a chartered surgical facility per procedure, right? Um, and then that allows us to be able to reinvest 
uh, and for the next procedure because we, we have a long wait list and, and we, we have to, to do, it, do it. But it's actually not surprising because when you focus on just one thing, like, and don't get me wrong, this is not a knock on our public system. Like our public ORs have to be, quite frankly, ready for anything. Right, they, you know, they, you booked an OR maybe for scheduled surgeries, but then all of a sudden you have an, a, a, an emergency come in. They actually have to clear that deck because that gets priority. And all the tools, um, and, and I'll get Dr. Cowell to comment on this because you know, from a medical standpoint, uh, but everything you have to have prep for that OR uh, needs to be ready to do everything. Where, where when you're doing scheduled surgeries in a facility like this, you only need a certain amount, so you can be way more efficient. So it it it, it makes sense, and it's still the high quality. You know, as Dr. Cowell mentioned, in terms of um, not only the, the, the college ensuring and inspecting the, uh, um, all the charged surgical facilities is the same quality, um, it is the doctors that are assigned by, by AHS, the anesthesiologists, they're the same doctors going through. So it's, it's the same service. It's just focused to be able to provide uh, more efficient service at a lower cost so we can do more and expand capacity. And uh, Dr. Cowell, do you want to uh, elaborate further? Yeah, no, that's good. The other thing I wanted to ask, and maybe it's for the facility uh, folks, so just so I'm clear, so when you're not doing publicly funded surgeries, or do you just do publicly funded surgeries? Like, do you also do, um, I guess, private or whatever you want to call it, where would people would pay out of pocket or insurance companies or whatever, just so people understand? Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're concentrating on Alberta Healthcare patients and Albertans at this stage. Uh, the patients who require non-insured services like uh, cosmetic surgery or de-insured uh, dental or something can be done at these facilities. So right now we're concentrating purely on orthopedics and Alberta Healthcare patients. All right, uh, we'll head to the phones. Um, Aubrey, could we do our first caller? Alex McQuaid, Western producer. Hello, uh, this uh, question is for the minister, and unless someone else wants to chime in. Um, you talked about adding surgical capacity at rural hospitals. And I guess with uh, currently over 30 uh, rural hospitals seeing temporary bed closures right now, I mean, will this initiative take anything away or improve uh, that situation? Yeah, I'll I'll start with the answer and I'll ask Dr. Cowell. So so the initiative and and just so you so we're clear, we're already doing some of this already. So I want to use the Red Deer example in Olds. Um, so you know we are having uh, surgeons and a surgical team working with uh, the doctors in Olds to deliver uh, surgery in that in that area, uh, so that people uh, need to travel less, and we actually leverage the the uh, the ORs that we have there. Uh, in it while the ORs and, and Red Deer are, are working. The, um, but you're, you're, so we're doing it already and what we're looking to expand that you're quite right um, that one of the challenges is, uh, particularly in rural Alberta, is uh, uh, health human resources. And uh, we're doing significant work in that. We've already, you know, I was pleased as part of this budget 2022, um, you know, Minister Nicolaitis uh, made an announcement, um, quite frankly, to add thousands of seats for healthcare professions, including uh, nurses, uh, LPNs, healthcare aides, you know, paramedics, and and uh, and others, uh, allied health professionals, uh, to be able to get them trained up and working. Uh, also, we're continuing to do work uh, in terms of streamlining our processes and bringing more uh, internationally trained nurses uh, into uh, Alberta, and particularly into rural Alberta. So that work is ongoing, so we can uh, staff up. Um, not only our, um, uh, the, our, you know, our surgical suites and our surgical teams uh, across the province, but also ensure that you know, where there are closures, uh, we can get those, uh, those beds opened and offer services, uh, offer services uh, full-time. And uh, I can tell you that more is coming. Uh, we're continuing to work on this as part of uh, the, the budget, and uh, stay tuned. We'll have some more announcements shortly. I know Dr. Cowell, do you want to add anything to that? Okay. <coughs> Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I get <clears throat> no water, but I'll, I'll suffer through this. It's an older person's condition to get this phlegm, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> now, I'll stop that. That's a great question, and I really want to give the answer. <clears throat> and the answer is we're, we're looking at balance. This has got to be a seamless, incremental uh, approach to OR capacity. So that doesn't mean we're going to diminish capacity anywhere else. 
we're adding capacity. It's always that idea. <clears throat> so that means we're looking very hard at our rural facilities, going through a very detailed audit. And, you know, some of those rural facilities have very old equipment, old setups that you just simply couldn't get moving again. And when you run into a situation like that, it's just not economically or from a staffing perspective realistic to try and bring them into the 2022-23 era. The investment and the time we just simply wouldn't achieve the goal. Um, <clears throat> but there are places that we've discovered we can move fast, rural, and one of those is in Cabros, where, oh, thank you so much. So, <clears throat> now if I don't choke in the water, I'm going to do really good. <coughs> Camrose was an interesting situation. There was three operating theaters and only two were moving. And all we, when we looked at it hard, we realized it was really a ventilation problem. So why not fix that? And which we have. Then the other thing is, <clears throat> where are the surgeons? Where are the anesthetists? Like, are they nearby? Well, yes, they were. So they were thankful that we were able to get that one going up and running, and that's in real time. That's weeks to months. So we're trying to discover places like that throughout Alberta, and Camrose is just a darn good example of when you can really maximize a, a rural area and not, and not miss it. You know. <clears throat> Meanwhile, concurrently, we're doing things like this, getting CSFs up and running, and with all the safeguards we've been discussing, and it's all, always remember, through the lens of publicly funded. Now, what else this place would do after their commit, commitment to us is it's up to them. But it doesn't get in the way of our contracted relationships. So that's kind of one of the basic principles. So that's, um, unless I have an answer to your question, that's the way I, I would say, tell you the answer. Alex, again, thank you for the water. <clears throat> Yeah, just uh, as a follow-up, I, I mean, I guess it's a situation of kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul when you, like in Rocky Mountain House is one of the areas that you say uh, you're going to expand surgical uh, operations. But at the same time, Rocky Mountain House has been uh, for, I guess, uh, over over a year and a half has had, had uh, some of its acute care beds unavailable. I mean, what... <laughs> when, what, are, are they two separate issues, or can you address both of them at the same time? You know, that's a very specific question, and I'm going to see if Sid has a, a more s specific answer than I could give you. Dr. Viner? Give you a very succinct answer. Day surgery. So we do more and more surgery without requiring an inpatient stay, uh, without needing an inpatient bed kind of the way a lot of surgery has gone. So, uh, you know, even, uh, even within um, our uh, uh, regional and urban sites, you know, big shift towards uh, doing more and more surgery, uh, you know, basically on an outpatient basis. And uh, that's where the opportunity will lie in a facility like Rocky Mountain House or any others where, uh, you know, the acute care beds may otherwise be limiting. Does that answer it? I, I think so. I, I'm just, it, it sounds like it's two separate issues, basically, and, and they're not directly related. Is that correct? I would say for the rural facilities, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's certainly manageable. And, uh, you know, a lot of our, uh, um, you know, a lot of the surgery that we would want to do in those rural facilities will be done on a... Uh, on a day surgery, uh, basically outpatient basis. People would come in the morning, have their surgery, and uh, leave without ever needing to uh, receive care in, a, in an inpatient bed. Yeah. All right, operator, can you put through the next caller? Catherine Grigowski, Alberta Today. Hi, thanks for taking my question, and I'm hoping um, someone from Alberta Health Services can get back to me online for a more recent report. But looking at the um, annual report for non-hospital surgical facilities for cataract, non-cataract surgery from 2019-2020 fiscal year, it shows that half a million dollars in Calgary and $1.6 million in Edmonton um, 
was revenue generated from the sale of enhanced medical goods or services. And I'm wondering if this is publicly funded surgeries, why, why are um, these enhanced medical services allowed to be charged for in these facilities? Dr. Viner and AHS will have to follow you. I'll follow up with you on that. Catherine, do you have a follow-up? Yeah, and um, so when we're talking about uh, the 20% difference between um, ophthalmology, for instance, delivered in a private clinic versus in an AHS facility, why do you think that's a fair comparison if the surgeries that are done in the chartered facility are far less complex, require far less of a hospital stay. Yeah, so, so the, my understanding is that is a comparison, um, the, same type of the same type of surgery, uh, the same type of procedure, uh, AHS versus the Chartered Surgical Facility, um, which is, you know, which would be a, a fair comparison. Um, but as, as I said, the, um, when you, it, it, it makes sense to me because that's all that facility is going to do, whereas the, you know, our hospitals need to do far, a far broader uh, range and be ready for a far, a far broader range of uh, potential procedures. All right, thank you. Operator, can you put through the next caller? Alana Smith, Globe and Mail. Oh, hi there. Thanks for taking my question. Um, just following up on some of my colleagues' questions about, I guess, this, uh, this fear that we're moving towards privatization of healthcare. I'm just wondering if at any point, and this is a question for Minister Copping, if at any point you're worried about, I guess, an over-reliance on using these sort of private facilities to, uh, you know, lessen these, these surgical wait times, and if there's any way that this could actually be addressed in the public system, or if that's the goal for the future. Yeah, so we're, we're focused right now. We know we need to add capacity both uh, in our hospitals uh, and leveraging charter surgical facilities. Uh, so and that's what we're doing. Uh, we have a, our wait list is far too long at this point in time. We need the additional ca capacity to get it back down. Uh, and, you know, charter surgical facilities have been a part of our system uh, for decades. Uh, you, know, you know, even we're increasing the uh, the the uh, number of surgeries that that they are doing and and we've gone from like 13% to 20% of overall surgeries uh, but we need to be able to to do it and again you know by um, ensuring that we have high quality efficient service um, you know reduces our cost um, for certain types of surgeries like like again the, you know the day surgeries or, or or you know very specific surgeries uh, so that leaves our uh, hospitals be able to focus on the more complex surgeries uh, and, it, and it's going to require, as, as Dr. Collins uh, indicated, a, uh, a balance. But again, uh, we need uh, the additional capacity where we can get it to get caught up, and that's what we're focused on. Thank you very much. Operator, can you put through our last caller, please? Oh, sorry. Can I get a follow-up? Uh, quick, quick follow-up, yeah. Yep, sorry. Uh, it's just an unrelated question. I'm just wondering, Mr. Coffey, if you could give us some sort of update on the federal health deal just kind of what type of arrangement Alberta wants and, and how those negotiations are going so far. Yeah, so I'm not at the, the, the table specifically on this one, uh, um, but, you know, our, you know, we have asked the federal government for uh, additional funding, um, as you know, to, you know, increase back up to, uh, to 35 percent um, with, uh, with no strings attached. And, and uh, uh, we have a number of measures already that are publicly available and we continue. So uh, I understand that the uh, discussions are ongoing. Okay, right, operator, can you put through the last caller? Barrett Cash, CTV. Hi there. Uh, just, just in regards to AHS system outage, we're hearing that uh, dispatch was having to call ambulance individually with 911 calls and paramedics or then being told to Google map where they're going. Uh, obviously, this creating major slowdown in response times. What's your reaction to this? Yeah, so I haven't got a full briefing on the impact on 911. My understanding of the system is still working, but the reality is is that um, improving response time is a key uh, deliverable for, for AHS and, and Dr. Cowell. We are investing heavily on that. Um, you know, one thing that Dr. Cowell and I have also uh, uh, chatted about very briefly uh, is that you know once we get to the bottom of, of 
you know, what happened here um, to be able to make sure that, that it doesn't happen again. And I know that the team is working very hard to mitigate any impacts, whether it be 911, 811, or, or uh, on uh, providing the service, because this is the service that Alberta needs and Albertans need, and we need to support, uh, support them in that. Uh, Dr. Cowell, anything further? You know, just to reinforce the message that it's all hands on deck. We realize that this is an unusual, unique event. As far as I'm under, understanding, it's never happened quite like this before. So we need to figure this out fast and make darn sure it doesn't happen again in the future. Um, so yeah, everybody is working very hard, flexing very hard to be sure that all of the systems that we're all the activities and actions that are dependent upon this system are covered in, uh, in other ways. So stay tuned. I'm sure this is going to be a developing event over, over today. And we're actually quite anxious to leave and to get back uh, working with it. Now, Sid, did you have anything else or is that? Can I might follow just, just as a follow-up, we're also hearing, you know, with hospitals being quite backed up, staff are having to whiteboard everything because computers are down. Can you confirm this? Yeah, so um, as, as was discussed earlier, the uh, uh, computer systems largely are down, so we are having to um, use paper, whiteboards, phones more than uh, we would in our day-to-day uh, -day clinical practice. and. Uh, um, you know, it's definitely impacting uh, workflows. Um, we have downtime procedures that are well established. People know what to do in these situations. Uh, you know, all of that is being done. Um, it uh, will will slow down, uh, you know, workflow. But again, we'll prioritize so that uh, what's emergent, urgent, what's most important, will get done. Um, will get done. It'll get done first. It'll get done. And, uh, you know, as far as some of the other system impacts, uh, we will be uh, providing um, regular um, updates to the public and to media um, over the course of, you know, the next hours, of the day. And uh, I was going to say I'm not, not a social media buff, but uh, that is how we communicate these days apparently. So some of it will be coming out over social media. Yes, yeah, so you guys can all uh, watch for those. Okay. Thank you very much. That's all the time we have today. And uh, if you have any other questions, follow up.